Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, I would like to give a shout out to all my Patreons. Thank you for your support. Without you, we wouldn't be here. And to everyone listening, especially our new listeners, you can join us, help us build community, and help take this podcast to the next level. You know, we have a lot of plans and a lot of new things we'd like to bring coming forward. So, yeah, we uh, welcome everyone who likes to um, support an independent podcaster. So, yes. Please join us on Patreon for as low as $3. You know, you, you, um, you can join us and, yeah, help us out. And you can do a one-time donation or monthly donations also. Um, for those who can do Patreon, you can also get our T-shirts at vetclothing.com. And they come in different colors and sizes. And, yeah, it's a very great, uh, fantastic, independent clothing store, also owned by a veteran and a brother. And for those who can do Patreon and T-shirts right now, you can also do um, go on Apple Podcast and give us a like, subscribe, five stars, write a great review, help us get on up on the algorithms and push this podcast going forward. So with that being said, let's meet today's guest. I have the honor of having Rashid Ojerinde as my guest. He's a licensed mental health professional with years of experience providing direct mental health and behavioral counseling. And he's a dedicated bicultural millennial therapist with a passion for serving his community. He loves to educate and inspire fellow immigrants on the importance of mental health and wellness. He is also behind one of my favorite pages on Instagram, the progressive immigrant. And there's so much of this brother who, you know, I recommend you follow that page because just like me, every my, my, my Instagram experience is not complete without, you know, getting some getting a, a daily dose of the affirmations that he, he posts in the mornings. And when you catch him on a live on Instagram, you're just gonna be feeling mm, you're just going to feel so so good. You're going to be feeling good. So there's no way you come out of his page without feeling great, without feeling excellent, without feeling like, you know, you just drank a good cup of excellence and sweetness. So welcome on the show, brother. How are you doing today? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to, you know, come on the platform and add my voice uh in my experience uh to the um you know to the many many people that have been on this platform uh thank you for having me harry yeah it's my honor and i i left out a lot in your intro because there's so much in there but we'll, we'll, we'll try and cover it all in the questions so <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah kind of i'm sure i'm sure we'll get there thanks for the great intro by the way thank i feel you. uh i feel very uh <laughs> very honored <laughs> it's my pleasure. So let's dive in. So um, can you introduce introduce us to your place of birth and what your childhood was like? 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, my name is Rashid, uh, as he, uh, you know, Raphael is covered. And uh, I was born and raised in uh, a little small part between Lagos and Ogun State. Uh, so I was, uh, I grew up in Akute, which is uh, a small town, again, between Ogun State and Lagos State. And um, that's where I spent most of my childhood up until I was about 11 years old. And my family and I immigrated to the U.S. at that point. And, um, you know, we had like a little transition period in New York. And shout out to all the New Yorkers. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And, and then we, uh, we moved to Indiana after that. And uh, I pretty much grew up in, you know, I lived the rest of my, my experience in, in Indiana. So, yeah. Okay. Um, how old were you again when you, when you moved? Uh, I was 11. Okay. All right. Yes. So uh, you, you said your place of birth is Akute. Yes. Akute. Yes. Yes. That's a really good pronunciation. So Akute is, uh, how far is that from Abiyo Kuta? Um, I, I think it, it depends. Like the traffic is always bad. So it's hard yeah. to actually know what the actual distance is. You know yeah. how Nigeria is. Yes. But when we would drive it, because um, we, we, I visited back in 2019 with my family and I remember like commuting between both of those places. And I think it was maybe like a two, three hour drive, I would wow. say. So yeah. that's probably, so if there was no traffic, that might be one of those places that could have been an hour plus. Maybe an hour at the most. I think yeah. the distance could probably be traveled in about an hour. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 I Okuta is the, the one I, I remember, I know I've been to more than just Abiyokuta in Ogun yeah. State because I've been to yeah. um, where the, um, uh, where you have Canaan Land, uh, Winner's Chapel. I helped build that place. Long story. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Past> life, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was that guy. I did, yeah, I helped do labor there for free. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, Raphael, if there's one thing I know about you, just listening and having, you know, you know, watched and, and listened to a lot of your podcasts, you are well-traveled. Let me tell you. Uh, I run a, uh, well-traveled. Uh, uh, yeah, but as we say, I've Wakajukbe. Wow. I've not so Wakajukbe. <laughs> but yeah, I've been Okuta. I probably have visited there twice, but I know I've visited Olumorok, which is like the most... Uh, famous yeah. tourist attraction there. Yes, so, yes, yes. Now they have the uh, they have the um, what do they call it? Opel Obasanjo. Oh, yeah, Obasanjo. The, library, the presidential. Oh, yeah. Library. oh yeah, he built his library. Yeah, yeah, he was the first yeah. president to build a library. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be different from the rest. So. Yeah. <laughs> so he has that. That's a that's a pretty good attraction now too. Like it has like it has a happening scene at that oh. place. Uh, yeah, I visited back in I think twenty again twenty nineteen. And um, I thought it was pretty interesting. Like it's it's a nice you know social you know you is, go out there. You is the library and, far from his farm? Um, I don't think it's very far, but I but again everything just seems far in Nigeria. I know, like, <laughs> yo, the, it, yo, Nigeria is one interesting place. But yeah, everything seems far. But in actuality, yeah. if you look at the actual distance, it's probably not that far. Yeah. 
<laughs> but everything seems far, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> you could you could be traveling like you know something that's supposed to take a, a 30 minute drive. Mm-hmm. You could end up taking an hour and a half just to even get there. I like this is bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> uh, bad roads, bad uh, traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, um, okay. Well, I should have asked you that question first, but well, <laughs> I'll, I'll just go forward with this. So, um, staying still, sticking to your origins. Yeah. Your your names, Rashid. Yeah. Jering Day. Um, yeah. What are the meanings? What what I stand for? Because I know Yoruba your, your names is it's Yoruba oh, yeah. and um, they, they tend to have. <laughs> so is are those Egba or um, what's the other yeah, one? Yeah, so the the last name is Egba for sure. Okay. Uh, and then uh, for for the listeners that are not you know well versed, uh, Egba is uh, a a specific uh, ethnic group within the. You know the Abelkuta. I think all the Abelkuta people. I think yeah. they're technically referred to as a Gadu. Um, uh-huh. So uh, that's that's the reference for it, bro. Um, But my last name is is um, it means um, so anyone that has the Oje, it's a there's a there's a prefix mm-hmm. the Oje. It, it's basically the people that are sort of the communicators between the um, the uh how do i put it um the ones that are gone and the ones that are here now do have you ever heard of masquerade yes yes Yes. so the ojes they are the ones that are in charge and the masquerades for for the audience that that are not um again well versed the masquerades that we have in in nigeria or in the Yoruba tradition they are the the connection between the the life here and the life after. Mm. And so they are able to communicate with the ancestors. Uh, And so I come from a family of, um, from a lineage of people that do this, they can communicate with the, you know, the the people that are that have gone that have passed on so you know all the generations before them that that passed on yeah uh they can communicate with them through the masquerade and and the dancing and the you know the whole practice um so uh anyone that you you hear with that name or jet it could be ojeri day it can be ojeri wa it can be whatever but that prefix is is specifically for those people that are communicators between you know the 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 here and the hereafter mm. and so they are they are um they're again they're able to they're the the uh the whisperer between the communicators between the 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 people here and the and the ones that have gone beyond so yeah uh so that's what my last name means yep. um and it's interesting because my my dad tells us the story about how our last name should have actually been something else. So our last name is actually the first name of my great great grandfather, oh. as opposed to his last name. Um, and there was some mix up there, and I think it was just due to like lack of you know just awareness and proper education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his first name was passed on as the last name of his children, as opposed to uh, his last name. Wow. So that's how our, our last name actually got switched. Uh, but there are other, our actual original last name is also associated with, again, the same kind of history. And back then they used to name their children based on like 
the family practice. So if you were a um, a welder or a uh, an, a I think it's called an ironsmith, yes. uh, you know, you would name your uh, children names that yeah names that were in coordination with your practice, your professional practice. If you were a hunter, if you were a warrior, if you so you kind of name your children after that. Yeah. And so my great 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 grandfather named his child or Jerry Day, because that was also a reflection of the, the traditional practice that the family had. And wow. then he then gave his so. Um, and then the name Rashid, um, which, you know, that one, it doesn't, it doesn't shock me like that, because, you know, it's no, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an Arabic yeah, uh, term I... that means the guidance. Ah. So the guidance. Um, so uh, I, you know, I have a, a private practice that, you know, I, I will be uh, launching and, you know, I, I have a platform that I'm trying to launch as well. Uh, it's called The Guide, uh, oh, The Guide okay. Therapy. And so that's kind of where that kind of comes from. But yeah, yeah. Rashid means The Guide. Beautiful. So, yeah. you know, I had a guest from, um, she's, her, her family ties are South African and Ugandan and she also grew up in Zambia and she's married to a Ghanaian so yeah she, she's she's ever <laughs> that lives in the Pan-Africa <laughs> that's real Pan-African right there <laughs> and when we were when I was interviewing her we had this talk about how um, a lot of the names that we uh, especially Africans have uh, that come from our tribes tend to have meanings that reflect uh, like there's it like there's like two sections of names so it's it seems like there's a group of african names from tribes that are like uh attached to where you're from mm -hmm. um, this environment the surrounding and there are names that are attached to spirituality mm -hmm. or religion yeah and I was giving the example of how from my tribe, most of the names seem to reflect God, God, God this or God did that. And to me, it felt like probably those, our names started changing in a way after, because we were one of those who were amongst the people who, amongst the first to meet the Portuguese when mm -hmm. they came to what is now Nigeria. Yeah. We had a lot of us converted. That's why people like me have. Uh, it was. It, it's not a surprise when you, you meet someone like me in my region and say, "Oh, your name is Rafael Harry." But I'm saying, "Are you?" I'm surprised. But so when I go to other parts of Nigeria, people like, "What? You Nigerian?" <laughs> That's when people are <laughs> surprised, you know. So, um, you know, so, but the, our traditional names, we don't have names that reflect, like. Ojering, they like the way yours, OJ. Yeah. It's not, it, it started becoming, uh, it, it was no longer common to see those names. But mm -hmm. I loved how you mentioned that because I'd read when I was a kid. Now you just brought that memory back to me of um, how names in like medieval times in Europe, mm -hmm. you know, is from Europe, were also tied to family practice mm -hmm. and that's how people like literally English names like blacksmiths, yeah. you know, the, yeah, yeah. the, the smiths. Those, that's yeah. how those names came about. <laughs> it was yes. not like anything imaginative to it. It was yeah. literally yeah. named on the spot. Yeah. And um, 
but it just seemed like you know the narrative was only tied to certain people so it just seemed like yeah. they only got to tell the story from yeah. their point of view yeah and then when you start going to other cultures other countries and you start seeing that yeah everybody had their own way of naming themselves people yeah. named their children uh i know in benin they have i've met people who are named whose names translate literally to from red soil which mm. is similar to the soil benin soil yeah. Yeah. and i've heard of names from uh, um um ghana from uh, um i think zimbabwe and it's literally translates to the environment that you're from yeah. and yeah. you start seeing a whole lot of names like that and then there are names like the yoruba ones and you i know yoruba names always uh, yeah i think yoruba is like the the widest the, of variety that i've heard about yeah. in nigeria that covers everything from spirituality to yeah. um family practice and yeah. every it just covers yeah. everything so yeah yeah so yeah. That, that's why i made it uh I, I think that's why this is going to be a mainstay question for me asking people okay. <laughs> what what their names mean you know and, yeah for yeah. for a lot of yoruba people that i don't know how the yoruba you know people how they they manage to maintain some of those mm -hmm. um authenticity in terms of like how they name and identify and identi identify themselves but yeah that's a very common thing with yoruba people i think there's a lot more retainment yeah. um and i think for the Igbo people too there's a lot of that but yes Igbo um yeah um but I, I i couldn't say that for all the other ethnic groups in nigeria i think um mm -hmm. but for the yorubas that was that was i don't know how they you know why it was such a, a big thing for them but yeah they managed to to retain a lot of their their practices of um naming people and, and culture and things like that so, yeah yeah that's yeah. that's something that i should look into one day maybe if i decide to pursue my phd <laughs> uh, that might be it might be in names maybe <laughs> <laughs> so jumping ahead uh well still we're still st sticking to your childhood um okay. what do you consider your favorite childhood memory and it can be more than one um experience you choose to share oh man um i saw this question coming and i and i still have such a hard time uh, <laughs> being able to prepare for it because man like you know i i remember you know just growing up and missing nigeria and i just it was it was hard to even say this is what i miss yeah. because it was it was everything it was mm -hmm. everything all at once um and it's like it's hard to pinpoint but what i always remember distinctly was just the feeling of being there the feeling of being in that environment the feeling of you know going to school because when i grew up i grew up with all of my cousins around us yeah uh even like people that were not really blood related but like our family so close <laughs> yeah like you know and like just the 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 experience of like doing life with them like just mm -hmm. living life and like walking to school together and like you know um rough housing together and playing around and like you know just all of the experience of growing up with these people was what I missed. Um, and I think those were, those are the things that stand out to me is the everyday things of like, you know, walking together with your cousin to go to school, going to go and play soccer with your, with your cousins, um, you know, getting in trouble with them. Um, <laughs> you know, just those kind of things were, they were 
honestly what made my childhood. And so, you know, when I would reflect back, there would never, you know, hardly did I remember like a particular moment, but it was kind of everything at once. Like I just missed that experience of being there. It was such a great, I had such a great time and it was such a nice experience for me that like, yeah, like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't something that uh, I could ever forget. It was very impactful. So, Mm. So what was one uh, way in which you got into trouble with your cousins? <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, um, man, which one can I say on, on, <laughs> on record? Uh, we would do a lot of things, man, like, you know, you know, you skip out on your chores. You're supposed to do a chore. You you skip out on it, and you know, instead you go and play football, and you know, two neighborhoods <laughs> over, and then you come home and you get the whooping, and uh-huh. you, know, you just take it, and you know, you just bounce off like you know, it was worth yeah. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just things like that, like you know, skipping out on like your your parents ask you to go and do something, and instead of doing what they ask you to do, you know, you go and do something else instead. And, you know, you have your fun while you have your fun, but then you come home and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so it's, it's just simple things like that. I did, I didn't really get in too much trouble, uh, but it was, it was the simple things like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That was uh, one time I, I've shared this story before on the podcast, but it was one time we uh, visited an uncle in Portacot and, one of my older cousins decided to take all the money he had saved to go shopping that day. Mm. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think he was older than 15, 16, but I was probably closer to 10 around then. Okay. So he, he, he looked bigger in my, in my kid image yeah. then. He looked a lot bigger. Yeah. And um, he wasn't, we, all the assumption was that he'd be back by 5 p.m. He hadn't made it back yeah. 6 p.m. He hadn't made it back 7 p.m. He hadn't mm-hmm. made it back. And um, this was, I think it was, no, I don't, was that, I don't think I was even up to 10 because it was late 80s. Yeah, it was late 80s or early 90s. Okay. So now, you know, when the kid doesn't return, you know, back then, you know, there's no cell phones, so all you do yeah. is uh, you start uh, you counting going around the neighborhood to, to go. Oh, you go straight to police. You know, you go to police station or you go to TV station to go. And because oh, uh, if someone, if a kid gets lost, they take them to police uh, station. And the police go to the TV station to go do the. Well, what's your mommy's name? My mommy. What's your daddy's name? My daddy. <laughs> For the younger ones, <laughs> they give you they give you a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give that a jiggle type of that jiggle bread. <laughs> give the kids. <laughs> so um, they were already discussing go, what TV station should they go to or should they go to police station first. I remember that conversation going on, and myself and my cousins the, the, who were around my age mate were in the room. Like, what's happened to this guy? Is he did he make it? Oh, wait, 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 what could have happened? We're just freaking out now. And should we tell them? Because we, we knew where he was going. He told us he was going to buy clothes. And he was like, yeah, I was trying to buy one T-shirt for each person. But yeah, yeah, so we're excited. This guy still hasn't come back. It's dark now. <laughs> so they asking us, everybody asked us, where did, do you know where he went? No. We knew where he went. So like, how long do we keep this secret? <laughs> but it's not back. What if, what if something had happened? You know? And, 
And I think one one I think I, yeah, one person slipped and finally said he he went to, he went shopping. Where did you get money yeah. from? Where did you get money from? That's what we start here. Where did you get? Where, who, who who took him shopping? And he did the screen and all that. <laughs> And then he finally showed up. I had a nice jean jacket on. He was feeling himself. <laughs> yeah, like, come here. You freak the whole house up. And you did yelling at him, yelling at him. And uh, well, in the middle of, uh, I think he was already being spanked. His, his dad was in the, in the army. Was, uh, yeah, I think his dad was in the army. And he was already <laughs> receiving the belt. And I think about, I, oh, yeah, he was about to receive the belt. And my mom was like, wait, let me see the clothes that I even bought. And they, oh. they, they brought the bag. And she, <laughs> This boy has good taste. It's actually nice. How much did you pay for this? Uh, he said, "How much you paid?" Ah, he, he knows how to price. He, this one knows. This one, this one knows. <laughs> and I just changed the old, the old vibe in the room. <laughs> and it, that's why he escaped being beat. And he came into the room. Everybody was like, "Wow, he, he didn't get beat." What? I was like, "Wow, he became a superhero." I was like, "Wow, was <laughs> so excited, like yeah." This guy made it. You made it. You came back like around 9 p.m. Wow. Wow. That's like grown up time. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Oh, man. That was, uh, That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember, I just remember the full details now of him surviving and us being so excited. We, saw, we know somebody who, who went out late and came back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh A man! Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> those were those were your trouble days. Uh, you get into trouble. Oh yeah, I think I think that was laying the foundation for my eventual <laughs> attempt. But yeah, my mind was to never get caught. Yeah, I came back before they could catch me, but I did my own trouble outside the house. Just just don't come report me at home because <laughs> it was never good. <laughs> I just didn't want to get whooped. Uh, so, um, by the time you left Nigeria, yes, did you already have a role model or someone you looked up to, or um, was that too soon? I think, I think I did. You know, for for a lot of Nigerian, as a child, mm -hmm. like you know, whoever was sort of like you know was talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, I have an uncle here in New York. Um, He's a lawyer here in New York. And, um, you know, at the time he had been gone to America for so long. And like, you know, that his, the tales of, you know, his success was always, you know, being told. And so I think growing up, I think that was someone that I really looked up to, uh, even though at that point I was so young that like I, I don't actually remember what he looks like. Only I only saw pictures. Yeah. Um, but you know of course you would feel that his impact you know he would he would make sure to you know send money back and things like that and you would hear about the different sort of like you know typical nigerian you know they send money back home they have homes they they have homes being built for them and things yeah. like that so you know for me i think that was something that you know i just always the tale of the success was always being mentioned and so my uncle was someone that i really i really admired and really looked up to so yeah yeah. Oh, and at the, at the same time, when you were in uh, Akute, um, yeah, you you visited Lagos a few times, right? Yes, Lagos. We were practically in Lagos. We, we were like on the border, uh, somewhere. Like Lagos was very close. So yeah, we would go to Lagos quite often. But what, yeah. what part of Lagos was your favorite? Um, honestly, 
my memory was so like I was I was a child. Honestly, mm-hmm. I really didn't remember like a lot of the the experience of like going into Lagos. Like I was I was literally just a child that just went to school and came home. Yeah. And for the most part, and then like, you know, whenever you go to Lagos is when you go with your mom, um, you know, to maybe buy something. Maybe there's an event coming up, like around the the holiday time, yeah. maybe you know, to yeah. buy everybody clothes. So you go with that to, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Katangua or something like that, you know, that was it. Like that was, those were my experience of like, actually like traveling outside of like, the neighborhood so um yeah unfortunately i don't i don't have a lot of memories and don't recall a lot of like different places in lagos but yeah all right so do you remember the airline that you took when heading to america Ooh, that's a good question uh man i think it was lustanza oh, i think okay. it was so yeah, you, 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 I was trying to see if you were on the unofficial airline of the podcast because a lot of people, <laughs> for some reason, just seem to end up on this on KLM. I think it's the, those who came. It might have been morning. KLM. It might have been KLM. Actually, you stop at Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Um, man, where do we have a, a stopover? I, oh man, I remember, like, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I honestly could not tell you. But the reason why I think it might have been KLM is because KLM was was more prominent back then. And I think it was more common uh, for Nigerians coming into the U.S. to have taken KLM. Mm. I think it might, there's a good chance that it might have been KLM. But, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about... I don't think I I can speak on KLM being most popular with Nigerians. I probably yes I can't. I don't. I, my database is not <laughs> functioning on that aspect right now. But I just know that a lot of people from no matter what country ever just seem to fly a KLM on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> when they were moving to America, just seem to be like KLM. So. Yo, well, that's an information that I actually, I'm very (laughs) curious about that. Like, I'm actually going to go back and try to see if I can retrace um, and and figure out what airline that was. Mm. I really, I really, I'm curious because, yeah, like, I I never really gave it much thought. But, yeah. Well, I'll be curious. I I, I still put that out there just in case KLM has someone listening and, like, yeah, if you guys. In the, need a podcast to sponsor, come sponsor this because there are too many people on this podcast who have flown KLM. So, I mean, we, we didn't plan it, but we all just came to America on KLM. So, KLM hey. knows what to do. Come bring the money here. Bring the money. Open for business. I'm open for business. Yes. Uh, well, since you since you were um, eleven years old, so you you probably were saved from making the same mistake that I I made, being that guy who forgot that who didn't realize that his his ticket money included the food on the plane and sat down there and was like man i don't have money for any food yet don't don't charge me <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness ah, oh, that's man. like uh so you just you uh, were just you were just hungry the whole play ride hungry man i was oh, so my hungry God. That's that's such a that's such a, a, a you know a Nigerian mentality. Yeah. Like, 
I don't have any extra money. Please, just leave me. I had this Yoruba man sitting there next to me. That man was just... Mm, 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 mm. I was like, Kai, this man, you can't, you can't even say, oh boy, are you hungry? Take one. Kai just eating, eating. I'm just there like, hey. Are we, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm hungry. Tell me, and come back. Are you okay? Do you want something? I said, like, can I get water? <laughs> <laughs> they won't charge me for water, right? Yeah, they won't charge. Yeah. I was like, man. It's after man. I arrived, I, I remember that story of the, the guy went to, to London for the first time on the ship. Didn't eat. Sat down the ship from Lagos to London. When he arrived in London, the captain was like, hey, man, you didn't, you didn't come off your cabin once. Like, you know, you didn't come out to have food. And the guy's like, hey, just between me and you, man. Uh, I, I don't have more. I didn't have. I don't have money to spend for food. Captain's like, "What do you mean? You already paid for the food." <laughs> <laughs> We're in London now. It's too late, oh. but uh, you could, <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were something religious. So uh, you know, we just. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I was like, man. Oh I, man. I repeated history. Oh no. Oh, man. That's funny, man. Yeah, that's, that's what funny. happened with. Being that guy who just didn't want to ask questions. I could have asked that man next to me, like, uh, oh God, are they, are they going to charge me for this food? That's all I should have done. I was like, no, man, I'm dressed up too nice. You know, I don't want people to feel like this guy's broke. Something like that, you know, so let me just be here. Let me just face my front. Face my front, watch uh, whatever is on the screen. And, you know, I even know how to operate it, but I'm just I'm a big boy. I'm a bigger boy. Yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah. That is funny. So but I can, you know what's funny? Like I can, I can see that. I can see that happening to so many people. Like just, they don't know. Lack of information. Like yo, lack of information, man. <laughs> and the, and the fear of you know not not seeming like we don't know. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that's funny. Oh man. <laughs> uh, yep, I will use that to laugh until tomorrow. Like yep, that's the. Uh... That, that's that's what happens when you don't know and you, you're there swallowing your saliva. <laughs> Everybody seven. else is, is is eating good. Ah, it's like, man, all these people have money. You know, I did. You know what I do remember, though? I do remember the first, that first flight, we were served hot dogs. And I wasn't a fan of hot dogs. And hot dogs was just this weird thing to me. So I'm just there like, hmm. What is this? Like I don't, I don't like this. The the way it's just, the way it's tasting is just. Ah, I don't like this. And I I didn't eat. I didn't eat that plane ride, actually. The 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 whole plane ride. I did because I didn't like hot dogs. And I just looked at the food like, what what is this? What, what's like? What kind of rubbish is this? So I I never ate. Um. So me and you, we actually did not eat. We didn't eat. Okay, that that made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat either. Uh, but my own reason was I just didn't I didn't like the food. It just uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a very picky eater. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when something doesn't look anything like, you know, anything I've ever tasted or um I'm I usually I'm like uh, I'm okay. Oh I'm, okay. I'm, not eating <laughs> I'm, this. I'm the opposite. I I'll try it once before I, I'm like, ah no, 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 this is not the one for me. I'm, I'm a big 
I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie person. Uh, although sometimes the name can put me off. Uh, but it, even the image too can put me off too because there's, there's only one guaranteed food for me not to go near. It's from the Philippines. Balut. Oh, wow. What's yeah. it called? Balut. Ooh, what yeah. is balut? Uh, it's, uh, it's like the egg embryo. The egg with the embryo oh. in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, my Filipino buddy brought it to work one time. I was like... Like yeah yeah it's like it looked like I was like oh, boiled egg yeah yeah I have one it's like oh, it's balut I said hey, that's boiled egg you guys call boiled egg balut he said no 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 this is special so he cracked it and peeled it and I like, hey what is this man hey. <laughs> <laughs> why what what is what are you doing <laughs> it says ah, delicious I know, yes, I I, I, my friend uh, do somebody kiss that mouth <laughs> go away from here wow. <laughs> Wow. I don't, even, don't bring any food but... to this office anymore because he, he used to bring, he used to cook like extra and bring, like he, he was so happy to see me uh, like willing to try their food. So he'll be bringing extra <laughs> food. I was like, man, you're disqualified. Ring, don't bring food for me anymore. <laughs> Just don't bring food for me anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, no. It, it's not that all the food doesn't have value. I said, no, 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 no. We can't be doing this anymore. This relationship's over. <laughs> You know, yeah, that, that that balloons me too. I cannot try it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Balloot, broke, yeah, it's, broke not, up. it's not for me. Broke up. It's Anything not for me. Nah. That's like the food is moving in front of me. I'm like, why is the food moving? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it's, there's the food moving. Why is it moving? I'm supposed oh to change that. Uh, nope. Disqualified. Yeah, disqualified. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh -uh. Pass, pass on that yeah, one too. Pass. Uh, I'm like, my wow, own. that's funny. Yeah, my, 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 I, 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 my, I, I claim I'm from the streets, but I'm not from the streets. <laughs> yeah, that way. yeah. You're so, not about that life. I'm not about that life. No, 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 no. no. no oh, man, that's I, funny. My humility yeah, I comes don't, out. I don't think balloons is for me either, man. No. <laughs> so I've, I've uh, seen people eating that, and I, it just, uh, nah. Oh, that guy, the, the guy was, yeah. mm, guy was enjoying, I was like, oh, yeah, no. If, if there was... Uh, someone I was supposed to introduce you for a date disqualified. I just is bad, <laughs> bad. Is bad news. Bad news. Why is it bad? Is bad news. Trust me, bad news. Right there. Why? Stay <laughs> he's like, it's not that serious. Come on, man. He, he, he's he's bad egg. Bad, bad egg, right there. Bad egg. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> and all their food. All, a lot of their food is similar. So similar to Nigerian food. A lot mm, of Filipino. The Philippines. Food. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. mighty similar. That's why we got along until he introduced Balut and the relationship just ended. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was like, yeah, this is when colonialism entered into the fray and you guys, you know, broke up from the African trade because we, we could see where we were intertwined and, you know, the relationship was going good and then colonialism came in and changed. I was like, yeah, the dynamic changed. Bye-bye. They, 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 <laughs> they, like, brought, they brought balutes and then everything was over. He's like, oh, man. This is he tried. He tried to mend the relationship. I was like, no, we can't be eating together anymore. <laughs> I go I go eat with the Caribbeans. Now. I go eat with people from the Caribbean. Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, so uh, what time of the year did you um, arrive in New York? So I arrived back in 2002. So 2002, September 2002. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, sir. So uh, I remember, what, what, what season was it? 
Uh, what season is September? I think. Oh, oh it's it's sorry, you just September. Oh, yeah, it felt that, that, like winter. Yeah, it felt like winter to, to yeah, us. To at you, time. that felt like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like winter. We had like big, big colds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So that that's that's what it is, but um, yeah, it was September. I think it was mid September, mid to late September. Yeah, that would most definitely feel like winter yeah. for you. Yeah. It, it definitely, it most definitely did. We we were freezing our butts off um, <laughs> when we got to JFK. But um, yeah, so <laughs> that was it. So would you consider that your first culture shock? Or would uh, there be something else that takes the first culture shock? So I think <laughs> the code, definitely, that was the first culture shock. Um, but I think the most obvious one after that one was the change in like uh, just how people like I came from what I call a collective society yep. into an individualistic society. Uh, I came from a, a community, a childhood where I was always around my cousins. I was always playing around. I was always, you know, I could be myself and um you know, my parents were totally fine. My parents were not worried about me yeah. going out and playing around with my neighbors, with my cousins. I came into a community now where it's very individualistic. And, you know, you don't, my parents didn't know who they could trust. True. They didn't know if they could trust. They don't even know who the neighbors are. Yeah. Um, everybody minds their business. Everybody goes to their job. Everybody comes home. You know, very few, you know, knows their neighbor and have a relationship with their neighbor and, and when they even have a relationship very few have good relationship with their neighbor mm. where they treat their neighbor like family um whereas that's what i grew up with in nigeria so that was a huge thing for me because you know i would come home from school i could no longer just drop my backpack and just go play yeah i had to just stay indoors it was everything was indoors like you know, I didn't have the freedom of just going out, go, you know, just going out playing with mm -hmm. my cousin. Like as soon as school was done, like, you know, it was very much you come home and now you just sit at home. You look at your siblings, you people look at each other. You know, that's it. There wasn't, you know, you didn't know anywhere in the neighborhood. You couldn't. And even if you did know someone in the neighborhood, your parents didn't trust for you to go out by yourself to go play with, you know. Yeah. And that was a huge I think that was a huge hit for me as a child. Like, I was not used to that at all. Like, I grew up being very, very, very active. Like, I was a very active child. You know, I was a good soccer player. I was, but that was the, leaving Nigeria was the end of my soccer career. Like, I, I, I didn't play anymore because I didn't have any outlets. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of creative and a lot of, like, you know, physical outlets for me. So, that was the end of that. And that was a huge thing for me that was a huge change and i think it even uh, you know it impacts you know even the personality and everything after that so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that was that was the major one for me it does impact the personality because yeah you know, it, not every you know sometimes you know the blaming starts you know some people start feeling you know everybody everyone takes to something like that in different ways mm -hmm. and yeah it just opens different you know opens different wounds that yeah. people don't even realize exist absolutely 
Absolutely. And that that's what it was for me. And, I, and it, that was my first major. That was the, the one thing that I noticed like almost immediately was, oh, I can't just go out and go play. And, you know, I was, again, I was a very active child. And to, for me to come from an environment in like Nigeria where, I mean, I literally, you know, I was a, I was a regular boy. Like I just dropped, I, I played, I had cousins. I had plenty of people to play with. I was either playing, you know, ping pong or AK table tennis or, mm-hmm. you know, soccer or, you know, long tennis. That's, that was it. Like being active was a way of like, you know, it was a way of life. And then you come into this community and going to school and you have to be about the academics. Yeah. Because now yeah. as an immigrant child, all you, you know, is the pressure is just to perform well in school, mm-hmm. get good grades so you can become a doctor and a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And in Nigeria, yeah, it seems like, five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but it, when I was growing up, that wasn't the case. So that was a huge one for me. Um, and I know, yeah, it, it had a huge impact. Yeah, because uh, funny enough, I was telling someone the uh, day before yesterday um, at my daughter's birthday uh, party, one of yeah. the parents, I was telling him how uh, we had the park and at Prospect Park, and we had uh, one of the, the, the tables at the park, uh, long tables, and I was like, yeah, you know, if, Back where I, I, I one of uh, yeah, back in Benin City, where when I was a teenager, yeah. if, if a table like this was just free, man, somebody would have just turned it, would have just laid a plank on it and ping pong Probably table tennis has started. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't leave a table like that free. It's, it's just <laughs> perfect. Like no table is going free. <laughs> it's just you know tables had to be claimed everywhere. Tables, yep. benches, they became yep. table tennis doors. I remember doors, yes. at some point if doors, it, the doors would get taken down, and if, <laughs> as long as table, it was a flat surface, that was, was the only sports that could challenge soccer. That, yes. that and was even more popular than soccer at one point in time because mm-hmm. yep. almost yep. everywhere you just see. Table tennis being played, mm-hmm. it was, and it was, and just I was good. crazy. I was good. It was crazy. Ah! I, I remember I, I was decent. I don't think I was that good, but I remember <laughs> one time I won um, that um, what we used to call tournament. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I finally was able to get to the final, and then I won that day. That felt <laughs> better than every goal I've scored in my life. <laughs> Because for me to beat all the guys in the neighborhood, get to, oh, and include all the best players. That yeah. was one of, yeah, that probably should be one of my favorite childhood memories. Because, yeah, that was, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was up there. Because it just felt like I won, I threw in my bat and I just ran away. Like, I ain't coming back no more. <laughs> 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 I, don't care. I have a, I have a cousin that was really good. He was probably one of the best ones in the neighborhood. Man, he was so he used to beat everybody. He was like this thing was in his DNA. The guy was too good. Like any angle, the mm-hmm. guy will get he will he will get it back to you. And you know, playing against him, if you even if you lose by by close tie, yeah, by, by close margin, <laughs> you know that you tried. <laughs> I know this time because uh, you felt so good. Like, man, I came so close. Wow. Yes. It's, it's a celebration. We used to, yeah. we used to have a, a neighborhood, you know, competition tournaments. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was our representative because we knew. Hmm, yeah. Okay, he's bringing on the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's... But, man, those were good times, though. And, yeah, and, you know, like I said, these are the things that made my childhood. These mm-hmm. were the things that I remember. 
more so than anything else. Yeah. Uh, these are the things that I miss. Just these experiences with my cousins and, you know, having fun and, yeah. and being yeah. a child. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, so we shall take a quick break. And when we return back, we shall focus more on your um, stay in America. Hi, everyone. Your host, Rafael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one-year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern-day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created White Label American Patreon page, where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor, where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions, and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation either virtually or in studio so if this podcast means something to you and if you really love this show think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label american pod Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. So welcome back and thank you for staying with us. So from table tennis, let's continue with New York. And um, how long did you stay in New York? Um, I think about a two to three month period. Oh, okay. So not that was a very short transition. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then to Indiana. Yes, sir. Midwest. Midwest. <laughs> yeah, my old, my elder brother was born in the Midwest before moving to Nigeria. And, mm. uh, I was I was born eleven years after he was born in Jersey. Okay. And then he will return back to the states, but he never returned back to the Midwest. <laughs> so, yeah, he he's yeah. been in the on, on the in the northeast. Well, technically. South, but uh, um, DMV area. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you moved to Indiana, um, what was that? That wasn't, was that a big change for you at that time? Um, at the time, it wasn't. Like when it first happened, it wasn't as much of a big change because Mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind, I was new to America as a whole. 
So the difference between New York and Indiana wasn't so obvious to me at that time, but obviously I could tell that there was a difference. Um, I could I could immediately tell that Indiana was there was way more like, you know, space, like things were a little bit more spaced out than New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved to we were in Bronx um, and obviously things were a little more. Um, yep. Things seemed a little more. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a lot more brick building. And then when we moved to Indiana, it was a lot more, you know, it was a lot more space and just, you know, what what you would kind of expect from a, uh, you know, a uh, conservative, you know, Midwestern state. But yeah. So what was what city was your first landing in Indiana? Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay. Yes, sir. So we we went to Indianapolis, and uh, Indianapolis was kind of our stomping ground. And uh, I lived in Indy for a really long time, um, up until I went to college, pretty much. Um, and that was the only time I ever really lived outside of Indianapolis. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I've never been that way. I don't think so. I don't think I've even driven. That well, way. that's something you got to add to your list. Yeah, yeah. Rafael, you've been to so many places. My expanding, <laughs> my expanding list of places to yes, yes, to visit. Yes, you got to keep the list going. Police. All right, I will, I will, <laughs> I will add that to the list. I have people always inviting me to come to certain places, and I'm about to like, okay, I'm, I'll go get a ticket, and then let me just see how much it is to go to Europe, and it's, oh man, it's cheaper. Bye. <laughs> next time <laughs> that's why i've never been to the west coast it's just uh yeah i'm about to go and oh it's what it's like 300 dollars cheaper to fly to i'm oh, sorry man uh yeah i'm sorry <laughs> next time I, i'm not i'm not even mad at you bro trust me next time I'll, I'll be back I'll be no, back. No, nobody is in a hurry to come to the Midwest. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. So yeah, so, no, but no, it's, I, all, I, it's all good. I'll definitely make my way out there one of these days. So, um, by the time you were getting ready to go to college, mm-hmm. had you already de- began to map out, or um, had you already begun to be, uh, shape shape yourself into? Um, your career part or you know had you you know f- began to figure it out or did you will that come m- later on no uh, i'm i am one of those few that were very fortunate that like going into college they, they already knew what they wanted to do okay um so yeah i was by the time i was i think a sophomore sophomore junior year of my uh high school year i i knew what i wanted to do it was it was kind of, it was blaring at me, um, you know, just everything about who I was just kind of fit being a therapist. Um, you know, uh, I am a uh, licensed uh, therapist. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I know I'm also a licensed mental health counselor. Um, and um, yeah, since since I was about 16 years old, I've, it was kind of clear to me that that's that's what I wanted to do. Um, I have a personality or, you know, I have the, the characteristic that kind of fits, um, for doing that. And so, um, 
it was it was something that I I just naturally gravitated towards. I remember like having a conversation with my parents about it, you know, being that young and you know, it was just kind of like even they were just like, yeah, this yeah. This, you know, and and typical African or typical Nigerian parents like they they really would want you to kind of go the traditional route of doctor lawyers yeah. and you know one of the nursing was really hot at that time. Nursing so, is always and, hot anywhere there's Nigeria. And, and it's and it's still hot, but it I is. think it was around that time when it was heating up and it was like nursing was the main thing. And like, you know, anybody that's that sort of any immigrant that sort of had any kind of confusion about what they wanted to do, go to nursing. Yep. Nursing that, was always the answer. That was, that was for me too. As soon as <laughs> I arrived, it's like my two weeks, welcome. That's DC. That's, uh, we buy you beer here and welcome. Okay, you sat down, good. Now, you want to become a nurse, take the form. I was like, what? Why nurse? Every so, Nigerian Ghanaian here is a nurse. They, they yeah, bought, this exactly. one bought house. That one bought house. This one bought house. They are, yeah. They are, they are nurses. They already got a They're house. They're doing well. Yeah. So, so why, why nursing, nursing, you know, you, you would have thought that my parents would have been pushing me mm -hmm. into all these different things. But um, again, like I was always I was always one of those people like I'm, I'm slow to speak, but, you know, quick to listen. Yeah, um, I'm very, you know, introspective. I, I, I tend to, you know, I'm very observant. And these were all funny enough characteristics that were developed as a process and as a part of my um, immigration process, as a part of me learning um, to, to manage being a Nigerian and being an American, where at the time being a Nigerian in America, you have to be very observant. You have to, you know, slow down and really observe your environment and, and read people, engage situations and, you know, how to speak and, you know, that was I that was something that I, I did a lot of growing up. And and so when you when you talk about a therapist, those are the kind of qualities that they want to have is being able to kind of, you know, do a lot of understanding yeah. and 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 do less speaking, mm -hmm. but have a lot of understanding about what the person is, is going through and what the person is telling them. Um, so those were those were things that were developed in me. Uh, or they were further developed uh, as a part of that acculturation or is what I call it. But most people will call it the immigration process. Um, but yeah. So that was really good to have parents that, um, you know, shout out to your parents for yes, not yes. being the typical nigerian parents or immigrant <laughs> parents who are like, oh trust oh. me they have that they have that typical moment so oh, that, 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 i don't doubt that i don't doubt that but at they least have their moments of when, being when, it, when it came the, the, to the career part at least they yeah, were understanding they were yeah they were very supportive yeah they supported you on that because man there's uh you know there was a point in time where even though i had complained about um this about the the pressure from parents trying to force everybody to go into the the big five <laughs> yeah the the what 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 is infamously known as the big five doctor engineer accountant oh, yeah. uh, banker uh um, and um what did that mean lawyer lawyer <laughs> and um sometimes military uh well Depends, but uh, yeah, I mixed I mixed them up. But I don't really add military in there. But 
depends on who you're asking. Yeah. And it's always, uh, you know, it, it became something that slowly I kind of started supporting it without support. Or like I panicked. So like uh-huh. when I was, because uh, like when I started taking classes when I was in the Navy, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, now I'm independent. I can go my own path. But it seemed like, you know, when the, the pressure on me was building, it was building, a lot of pressure was on me and I kept allowing it to be on me and the burden was just, and I started thinking about, oh, well, well, what if I stick to the plan that I had? But if I stick to the plan that I have, I won't be able to hold on to this car. I won't be able to buy a house. I won't be able to marry. I won't be able to this. I won't be able to that. I won't be able to, and then if I go with this plan, I won't be able to do what I want to do. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I should go get a degree in one of those big five. And yeah, yeah, because everybody who has a degree in one of those big fives easily have jobs, you know, the economy is tough, or you either stay in the military. And, and that's how I pushed myself to go get my degree, which I honestly didn't want. <laughs> I don't regret having that degree, but at the same time, I'm like, I never should have pursued that. Because I actually started pursuing a degree that I wanted. Mm. And then why did I switch into something that you something else? Know. It was because I bought into the big five later on. I yep. was refused to admit that I was doing that. Yeah. But it was around graduation time when all everything was now com- accumulating together. My disability mm-hmm. was even beginning to um, become more um, uh, pronounced. And even yeah. though I didn't want to admit that I was someone with disabilities, it was just like, what is happening? And then, wait, where did I get this degree? Business <laughs> 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 administration. Like, I'd always said to myself, if I was going to do anything on the business side, it would be international management because I love studying international stuff. I love being in international. I love knowing about countries and all that. Yeah. So it also went along with my mass communications that I always dreamed of getting. And yeah. then after that, I'm like, wait, who, who studied mass communications? I got money. Who got? And I just panicked. <laughs> I just panicked. <laughs> That's how I changed. <laughs> That's how I changed. Because even the first time I went to the Navy College, office where they got all the college brochures on base and the, the first person i spoke to actually put mass communications in front of me which wow. i took as a sign and then by the time i'm ready to <laughs> go into business administration so yeah that's why I'm, I'm always um happy when i see people who weren't like forced by their parents into you know whose, whose parents supported them when it came time for them to go into their uh to to the go on their path. their career path because yeah, yeah it's not it's not easy it's not easy it's, it's a battle that um some people just have to fight and not everyone is strong because i wasn't strong when it came to about <laughs> time to fight it <laughs> i was putting up a strong face but um yeah inside I yeah think, yeah and and, I, and it's hard it's hard to put up a fight with with our parents and then everyone else when everyone else believe it or not you know, my parents, as supportive as they were, it was my parents were not even the one that was given. It was actually other people. I had an mm-hmm. uncle, um, you know, just a you know a really close family friend, but uncle, yeah, um, you know, that came to me and, and basically tried to persuade me to go into nursing when I was when it was time for me to get my master's degree, 
And, you know, he basically sat me down and said, listen, if you if you want to make money for your mm -hmm. family, yeah, you know, go, go, go get your master's <laughs> in nursing uh, as opposed to, you know, being a mental health therapist um, or being into mental health. And I said, well, you know, I, I really respect what you're doing. Like you're, you're really trying to help me because this is what you do, right? Mm -hmm. You're a nurse practitioner and you enjoy what you do. You, you feel like you're able to uh, do a lot of things financially. You have a lot of financial freedom and I, I respect it. I understand it. Um, but he was insistent that, that that was really the way to go. And, you know, he just wouldn't let up. And, you know, I kept on trying to tell him as much as I, I, I know that's what works work for you. And yeah. you're trying to put me on the same path of what works for you. But, um, sir, like with all due respect, like I don't have interest in that and I don't have I don't have strength in that. Mm. I'm not going to be able to be as good a nurse as I can be a therapist. Um, and, you know. Being a therapist is something that I find to be very fulfilling and very gratifying, being able to help others and being able to, to be there for people at their lowest and and walk with them and, and talk with them and, and, and support them and and help them get to that place where they want to be yeah. um, instead of where they're currently stuck at right now. That's something that I enjoy. It's a process that is gratifying to me. Mm. Um, and, you know, for him, it was just really hard for him to understand. And, you know, it, it goes back to this, you know, you know, uh, are you in this for love or are you in this for money? Um, and, you know, I, I, I just told him, you know, with all due respect, you know, thank you so much. And I appreciate it. Um, but uh, I'm going to continue on the path of which I, I know is, is, is my path. So, yeah. And yeah. that was, that was that, but yeah, it was, it was more from external uh, external forces where the, the discouragement was actually coming for me. It wasn't even my parent. Wow. And I, it's like, I don't, I don't even, from, from you just saying that it's like I was in the room, <laughs> just being there. Because I, I, I can, I can imagine how that conversation went. And it's like I've been in that type of conversation how many times? Like, we, yeah. look, look, look here, look here. You, you, you just look, I know, look at how much I have, look how much this one has made, look at how much yeah. this one. I'm like, yes, it, it's fine if it works for that person. And, yeah. It, that's great, you know. My I have a cousin who um, we are first cousins. We've never met in person. Funny enough, yeah. Uh, his uncle, uh, his dad is my uncle. Uh, my uncle okay. who uh, was in the Ghanaian army, made major general, had a clash okay. with Rollins after the, he helped free Rollins when Rollins was in jail, and oh, um, okay. that's how when Rollins that's how Rollins became head of state. Second time Rollins became head of state. He was one of the people who helped Rollins and they clashed afterwards and he ran to the Netherlands. Been there since then because he was oh, wow. exile. When this guy comes to Nigeria, he doesn't drink water. He's only stout because <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> cross Nigerian water. And his son and myself, we are about the same age. We've never met face to face, but we, we've talked on the phone how many times. Okay. And what killed our relationship was because he was in the UK all these years and then decided to move to the United States. And somehow got into um, um, a combination of um, cyber security and supply chain. Okay. Just around when I was getting out of the Navy. And was like, oh, you have a su supply background. Now you need to add 
cyber security and this how much you're gonna be making a week and look you gotta be like me i travel everywhere but look how much i said okay yeah can i just do only the supply chain part because i have done that in the navy you know if you, got, <laughs> you know if you have something like that for me I, I might be interested but what about this other part i'm not interested in that oh yeah. man, this guy called me like three times and got mad he <laughs> just like he got mad every time I said, I don't want to, I don't want to learn that. I'm not interested in learning mm. that, but mm. I know it's paying money and that's fine if yeah. it's paying money, but I don't think yeah. everybody has to do that. Not everybody has yeah. to. Well, yeah. you must. Yeah. And it just seemed like you must, you must, you must. And, and hmm. so it just, he stopped calling me after that and he wow. would be coming to my town. He came to my town a few times and it was after he left, I realized he was in the city. Oh, he was actually in the city. Wow. Yeah. And because he would call my mom, he always called yeah, yeah, my yeah. mom like, so when did you, did you guys, how was it? Did you guys hang out and all that? I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wait, he was in the city. Wow. And wait, so is he mad at me for not joining mm. him in cybersecurity? I don't yeah, want yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. If I wanted to, I could have done it in the Navy and had yeah. more certifications than you and been ahead of you. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I, but it's not something that I, I, I wanted to do. It. I don't care for yeah. it. Honestly, yeah. I don't. So it's just it never attracted me. Yeah, and, and I, I think there's a, too. there's a huge problem with boundaries and and with the immigrant community and and I can only speak for us as as Africans and as Nigerians, but there's a huge issues with that mm -hmm. with with him being able to respect your choice and saying, this is not something that I'm interested in uh, and being able to accept and respect that. Like it doesn't, it, he does, it doesn't have to lead to there being issues between you guys. Like it really is a matter of just respecting your choice yeah. and, and leaving it at that. Like there was no room for conflict in that. It really is a simple, it's simple communication. You want me to do this? I don't have interest in that. And that's okay. And I think that's something that for a lot of us, we really need to learn how to do that, how to not take other people's choices and actions so personal mm -hmm. and make it about us when in fact it has nothing to do with us. And everyone has got to live with their own choices. And, and you know, why, why would I make your choice something that that i take so personal that's that's not healthy like why why yeah but anyway yeah yeah i i, I didn't even realize that he had cut me off until, <laughs> until like, what was well i think because I, I once in a while i just send hi hello text and i never got a response yeah. so i just like well okay i stopped texting and realized he had gotten married had a kid or uh, even oh, kids wow. and i was like well i guess life moves on and so after yep. I had my daughter, that one day I got a text uh, out of the blue, and who who's this? And oh, it's me, your cousin. Wow. wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know where this relationship is gonna start from now, but <laughs> okay. But uh, well, nice to hear from you. Yeah, hey, uh, congrats. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, now uh, it just felt very. It felt like a strange relationship. Like he, he, somebody yeah. forced him to just <laughs> say congrats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I yeah. was like, ah, well, I guess this is where we are now. So yeah, we, yeah, we, we just... and it's and it's very unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, a lot of relationship has been killed by that. Just just this lack of being able to you know respect other people's mm -hmm. choices um, when yeah. it, when it, it didn't have to be the case. You guys could have continued on to be great cousins and help each other out and 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 support each other in so many other ways. 
um but that that's all gone now and you guys are you know yeah. you guys I, are I, I have some friends who you know i've they've asked me for stuff and i've given them advice and they didn't take it out you know they did whatever they wanted to do yeah. and some like kept their distance and I, I'm like later on they reached out to me and they're like oh yeah I knew you you told me to do this that time but I didn't do it and I'm like wait, wait first of all you don't you don't, you don't need to go that Explain far yourself. yeah I respect your right to say no right from the beginning if you want to be in my life that's the first rule I respect your right to say no so yeah if you came to me and you said hey well what do you think about this and I say hey maybe you should if you if it were me in your shoes I'll do this if you say you choose not to do it, that's fine. You chose. You, you made your decision, so don't, yeah. don't come back. Start giving me a full, write a paragraph. Of, no, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> but, but if it's something I can help you with, I can. Yeah, I will still help you. If I can't, I'll tell you up front. I can't. There's just yeah. But with, don't think because you didn't go by the exact way that I would have gone. Um, the relationship is over, you know. But yeah. it always seems like because they didn't do what I would have done per se mm -hmm. then it's yeah. like oh uh and i have to hide or you know i run away i'm like no 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 that's what i always tell people first thing is i respect your right to say no i tell i teach my daughter that right too she has the right yeah. to tell me no yes if you still poop <laughs> yes your, yes, poop yes. Your underwear instead of the party i'm still gonna overrule that right and yeah. wipe you after after i wipe you that i go back to respecting your right to say no <laughs> but yeah it's one of the things that um, is in place for her so i make sure she, um, she recog I recognize that her mom recognizes that we all recognize. I recognize my partner's right to say no too. So it's not it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It shouldn't end relationships for me. Absolutely. But yeah, I I get it when people use that to be like, okay, I said no, and I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> when you're ready, you come back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and the thing about it is, you know, whether or not they take the advice, I guess we'll find out the outcome. And yeah. The outcome is not going to impact you whatsoever. That's it. Because, <laughs> so what's, what's, what's yeah. the use to getting mad and, yeah. Yeah. So um, w when you go to university, because this is a question that um, I don't think I ever thought about this. When someone goes to university yeah. planning to be a therapist, yeah, having that in the back of their mind, what degree yeah. do they get? Well, what, what, what the degree? <laughs> so the, the most... Um, useful and the most beneficial one is psychology. Okay. So you want to, you want to get into psychology or maybe neurology. Um, but neurology, honestly, I don't think that's, no, nah, I think psychology is sort of the, the best route, uh, to be, to be honest. So yeah, I, I went the psychology route for undergrad and then, you know, with masters, you just go straight into, uh, mental health counseling or, uh, marriage and family therapy, or you can do social work. You can even actually, that's another thing. You can actually take the social work route. If you want to be a therapist, you can do oh. social work as an undergrad. And then you can also do um, social work and get a, a master's in social work, but you have to have a master's level, at least a master's level education to be a therapist or a counselor. Oh, oh yeah. so to be a counselor, you have to have master's level. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. So, um, you can get your bachelor's in psychology or you can get it in social work and then you can get your master's in uh, one or the other as well. And with therapy, it can be uh, focused on a particular niche. So if you um, if you are into 
marital and family issues, you can do that. Uh, you could do um, just being a general uh, therapist, which can be a licensed mental health counselor, mm -hmm. uh, where you can sort of address any sort of issues relating to mental health. You can do addictions. Uh, you could do uh, childhood uh, therapists. You can do a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, mm. those those are the various ways of approaching that. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, yes, it's just something that yeah, I was like, yeah, I never come. I was like, yeah, I never thought about it. I don't know. It just <laughs> popped in my head. And I was like, yeah, that's something that, yeah, I should just get out of my head. It's one of those things that, yeah, I kind of feel like, yeah, I've added something that's not been in there for, for some time. <laughs> so since we have um, touched on setting boundaries, um, when did you officially begin to embrace setting boundaries in your life? Um, I think for me, it took it took a while. Um, I'm, I'm a very passionate person. And I think I would say I started to really, really like do a lot of like boundary work on myself. Um, and in my personal relationship, maybe just a couple years ago is when I really started becoming aware of it. Uh, maybe a year ago, I would even say, uh, because it was always something that like you, I sort of knew, um, and I, I would sort of already do them, but I, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't an intentional and like deliberate way of trying to protect my peace. Yeah. And a lot of people often will get it confused. They, they, they think setting boundaries is a way of like, like, you know, you just say, you know, you know, you just cut people off and yeah. just say no to everything. No, it's not about that. Boundaries is, is really a way of trying to establish, um, you know, where you where you need to draw lines to protect your peace. Mm -hmm. Where is the line to protect your peace? Uh, and, and, and then you want to spell it out. You want to make sure that you, you, you make it known, you make it clear, and you tell it to people and you communicate to people, these are my boundaries. Uh, and if, you know, you, you find that other people are having a hard time with it, then that's okay, because guess what? That's your boundary. And then you just chill, like okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not stressing about, you know, anything beyond this border. If something is about these things on this side of the fence, I'm not going to take it on personally. But if something is on this side of the fence, then I can take it on personally. Mm. So it's really just a line that you're drawing to say, what is worth me investing my personal energy into. And if something falls on one side of the fence, yeah. It's not for you to take to to channel all of your personal energy into trying to correct, fix, um, change it. You just let it be, hmm. and then if it falls on on your side of the fence, then you take it on and you try to resolve it. I love that um, definition that you gave. Yeah, and yeah, there there are certain things that I'm still setting the boundaries. Yeah. I think I think for me, even as as an African, um, mm -hmm. as an immigrant, it there was there was a lot there was a lot of blurred boundaries. There was oh, yeah. a lot of there was a huge need for boundaries, um, but because our as, coming from a collective society, there's a lot of over like there's a lot of blurred lines, yes. uh, and so you know you really have to 
be very intentional about setting those boundaries. Um, so, yeah, so there was a huge need for boundaries, but I don't think it was something that uh, a lot of us were intentional about and that a lot of us paid attention to. So that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like the way some, I feel like sometimes we use community to a fault and it makes it difficult for some to respect boundaries or embrace who we, we truly are yeah. in setting the, the boundaries of yeah. borders. Yeah. Because, you know, we're like, yes, we're using we're community, we're, we're trying to create community, but, so we can't have boundaries. I'm like, no, you, you can. Then you should be able to. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to respect that. So like my favorite podcaster of all time, uh, The Black Guy Who Tips, I love the community that they have going yeah. there and uh three guys on the three guys on podcast is also related to that community um part of that and you know at first when i came in there they didn't like try to kick me out or anything but i had this very aggressive mindset at in the beginning and i i did wonder you know it took me a little bit to wonder like these guys are comedians <laughs> and yeah, they tackle social issues and a lot of yeah. things, but I was like coming in like full paragraphs. Full flags. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Yo, no, no, this is how it should be. And this, I'm like, wait, why, why am I so aggressive in here? And yeah, but they they took my stuff and just laughed with it. <laughs> they laughed about <laughs> everything I was writing. <laughs> so that, 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 they were great because they could have easily just been like, man, take this this Nigerian guy, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> come yeah, here yeah, to come yeah. make a lot of noise. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> Calm down. But um, I, I think they, they kind of set the tone for the type of community that I would like yeah. to have because I started seeing how they set up their communities and I liked the way they treated the people within their podcasting community. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you know what? I took a step back too with, with where mm. I was going with mine because unfortunately, it was almost like we had started my military career where I kind of attracted a lot of uh, right-wing people and people who didn't respect my boundaries, didn't see any need for that. When we're like, yeah, we, we, you're my friend, you're my friend, so I can be anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, even though I didn't know all the words to use then, I didn't know the language, but there are times when your brain is like literally saying, this something is not right here. So yeah. your brain is already drawing the line like that yeah. person shouldn't cross this line. Yeah. And you tr now, one day you just vocalize like, hey man, I need my space. Yeah. Just yeah. leave me alone <laughs> for now because this is yeah. becoming too much. And the person's yeah. still like, hey man, no, 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 I gotta be. And you're like, there's something not right here. Something yeah. is not right. Yeah. Something yeah. is not right. You say that like three times yeah. and you're like, this is something is black. They're bringing out the dark energy in you or something. Yeah, yeah. You move yeah. yourself from this space. Yeah. Then I started noticing that there were some podcasters who I'd attracted to like that in the beginning. And mm. yeah, I had to either decide if I'm gonna continue in the name of, oh, just to build popularity, you know, yeah. they can easily push me up or go with the people who I want to, the type of community I want to build and yeah. Yeah. set up the boundaries that I would love to have and, you know, take it off from there, build it organically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, 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 that's the type of community I chose to go with. And uh, so far, it's been working well for me, and because I'm, I have peace of mind. 
Yeah. I can yeah. sleep at yeah. night. I'm not worried over, oh, did I allow this? Yeah. Wrong and that's what it does. Yeah. That's what having healthy boundaries does is it allows you to really be at peace with yourself. Yes. And, and to be at peace with others. And when others can't respect your boundaries and they have issues with it, that's on them. But mm-hmm. uh, more importantly, it allows you to be at peace with yourself. That's really what it is. Um, sometimes it, it, it allows you to be at peace with others but or it allows others to have peace too but if it doesn't allow others to have peace then that's that's sometimes that's the own wala because sometimes right. boundaries a lot of people will not like it when you're setting boundaries with them mm-hmm. when you tell them listen if you text me after this certain time i'm not going to respond they try it you don't respond they get offended listen i already communicated that it to you i don't know why you're if if that bothers you that's that's your problem you deal with that yeah me i'm okay I'm at peace. I'm sleeping peacefully. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. So that that really is what it's about is like being able to protect your own peace. Um, and when you have healthy boundaries, guys, trust me, you will be able to go to sleep and, and sleep like a baby. You'll be able to, you know, go throughout your day and not feeling, um, you know, not carrying any sort of guilt or any sort of negative emotions with you throughout the day yeah. uh, because, you know, you're, 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 everything that you're doing is in alignment with who you are and you're not doing anything to please anybody. You're not mm. doing anything that, that goes against your own moral, you know, values and, and, you know, yeah. So you just, you just feel so much better about who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, you had mentioned earlier about, yeah. um, uh, uh starting your own practice which was yeah. kind of a, a, a spoiler alert <laughs> I, I should have said spoiler alert then but kind of, it came like way later so um is that gonna be in uh in Dina, uh, you, 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 in diana police right yeah yeah so it's gonna be based there um so yeah g- give us a little bit about that what, what what's the plans you know going forward and well, yeah yeah so thank you uh Thanks for the plug on that one. So uh, basically, uh, I have a I have a vision to start my own uh, private practice, and I, I want to uh, be able to be able to offer myself and make my services available to um, people within my community, within the immigrant community. And um, I'm going to I want to be able to do it virtually so that I can be more available to more people, um, not just people within the state of Indiana. So um, but that's something that's currently being worked on right now. There are regulations within uh, the U.S. where, you know, certain people, certain therapists like you you can only practice within the states that you're in or that you're licensed in. So um, but due to covid, a lot of that relaxed and so if you live in indiana you can practice in you know a different state florida new york whatever so like there was a lot of that where they allowed for you know people to practice in different states but uh we don't know what the future of that is if that is something that will be maintained okay Uh, but uh the online space right now for therapy is blowing up and uh it's a really great way for people to receive help so i'm trying to figure out how i can kind of get in that um by by again opening the private practice to where I can start seeing people literally from all over the world and, and, and be able to help people. And again, I, I think there's a huge need um, for 
uh, mental health work within the immigrant population. There is so much that we go through. Yeah. There is so much that we have on our hearts. There's so much that bothers us. There's so much that we're thinking about. There's so much that we need to voice out. And I don't think we all have the outlet True. to do so. Um, I don't think we all have the space to do so. And so um, I, I want to help create that, that kind of space. And, um, you know, one such space is the uh, Progressive Migrants page. It's on Instagram. Uh, if you get on IG, just look up Progressive Migrants and um, you will uh, come across, you know, the, the, the account that I created to help bring awareness to the immigrant experience, to uh, mental health in the immigrant community. Uh, and, you know, we're doing some great things. I, I put up a lot of different posts, um, you know, just again, speaking to the immigrant experience and our mental health and uh, trying to provide some some very um, practical and some some really good tips for, you know, just acknowledging our, our mental health. So, yeah. Yeah, now make sure I put that in the uh, show notes so everyone can go check it out because, yes, it's most definitely worth checking out. And whenever you have um, your practice has the, on, uh, the online version yeah. is uh, available, yeah, yeah, send me a link and I'll also... Uh, share it on my platforms too. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I, 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 want, I would love I want that. everyone to have access because I'm all about that. Uh, who knows? I might even sign up too. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yo, Raphael has been one of the most supportive <laughs> followers of the page. I mean, super consistent with the support. Uh, that's something that I really appreciate. Um, you know, White Label America, and has it's been amazingly supportive um you know and i i think this the you know you're you're a perfect example of you know when we come together and you know when we can reach a wider wider audience we can really have an impact and our experiences can really matter though you know people pay, pay attention to things that they don't have a choice like it's it's in your face you know yeah. if we have all all you know all of us coming together to amplify the immigrant experience. We're sharing our story, which is why I absolutely love the opportunity to have been on this platform. Thank you for, you know, uh, creating and allowing all of us to come on and, and share our experiences because immigrants make this country, the US. Um, we are this country. And, and I think more of our narrative, more of our experiences need to be shared outside of, oh, refugee oh uh the illegal yeah. and they're taking jobs mm -hmm. and and this and that all this there's there's just so much negativity uh associated with the term immigrant but again we are so much more than what the narrative is in the media True. um and, and so you know this is this is great that we can you can provide this platform and everybody can come and we can share our stories and you know express ourselves and, and share our culture and everything so this is awesome thank you hey my pleasure but before <laughs> we wrap it up there are three quick questions that i have to go through okay this so we're, we're stepping away from the serious stuff <laughs> we're going to the less serious stuff but there'll be two controversial questions i'm hoping they'll be controversial yeah two, two might be controversial let's see we'll find out <laughs> so the first one um 
since you don't play soccer officially, I'm pretty sure you still kick up, do a little kick about. Oh yeah, right absolutely, now. absolutely. But, um, you can't, you can't, you can leave soccer, but soccer will never leave you. It's, <laughs> it's in the blood. Yeah. Well, whenever you visit New York, um, you, you come play in our dad's league. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge you of know my what? dad's league. In my you know what's interesting, Rafael? What? Let me let me tell you. Something. I'm actually in New York, or uh, I'm in Jersey right now, and I'll be in New York. Uh, on Thursday. Oh, yeah, come, <laughs> so come, I'm actually on I'm, Friday. I'm, I'm, come, come play with us on Friday. We, we have, I have a dad's league. On, come play with our dad's league in Brooklyn. Yeah, I may, I may just take you up on that. Yeah, but I have a I have a pretty packed uh, schedule on this trip, so I may not be able to. Hey, no that worries. In, there's, but there's a next maybe time. the next trip. Uh, New, York, New York is a, is is one of uh, places that I frequent. So yeah. Uh, so now. Uh, Another form of exercising is dancing. Okay. And you can't dance without music. Well, some people do it, but uh, well, the main we need we we like to have music with our dancing. <laughs> let's let's let me put it that way. So yes. let's just say I know you can dance for over an hour, but let's you know a typical Yoruba guy, so you have to be able to dance for more than an hour. But <laughs> let's say we just need to dance for an hour. Give us three artists that can keep you dancing for an hour. And, and no cheating. You can't just give us the Drakes or the. The, okay, the, ah, the, don't worry. Nah. The, the, I'm, I'm not even the, I'm, yeah. that's that's not even me. That, um, our future, those ones. Yeah, you have to, <laughs> if you bring Pasuma Wonder, okay, well, basically, well, well, I don't know. You can go back, you can me, come forward. We don't know, but it's up to you. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me be all the way real with you. So I'm an old soul. Okay. So I like a lot of, a lot of old school, you know, jams. Uh, so the first artist, my number one artist of all time, King Sonia Day. I, I had a feeling you were going there. The last person I interviewed Please. just said King Sonia Day. Um, <laughs> King Sonia Day is the epitome of like every record the man has. Yeah, you have to dance. Like yes. there's no way you're not dancing. I, I danced King Sonia Day, and I was like, I don't even know. Oh his, my god, I don't even understand his, Yoruba, his but his voice is just yes. That cool, calming voice with the with the beats is just you can't stand still. You can't stand still to that. Yeah, you cannot. So give me Sonia Day first and foremost. Give me. Let me see. Let me find someone you know contemporary. Um, I I love Burner Boy. Burner Boy. I'm a huge fan of Burner Boy. He's he's been mentioned a few times. Yes, give me Burner Boy. It's time. Uh, and uh, let me see who else can you give me? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go back to old school. Uh, and this one, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, What are you sure? This give me Ainlao Maura. Ah, no, that's a lot of people don't know. I know that. I... Wait, 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 <laughs> hey, uh, she was, she was I married to, she was, no, I know that woman. She was married to. What is she? she wasn't married to Sonia Day before. No, no, no. So Wait. Ayla Mawura is uh, Akpala, Akpala music. Akpala music, yes, and, uh, yes, yes. And is from he represents the Egbado side. So I dealt with that people. That was you know that was the music that my dad grew up on, and um, oh, you know he was he was hot in like he died oh, in so nineteen eighty. Why was I thinking yeah, of the woman? No, no, no. Um, I don't know who. Uh, was there a woman? Maybe you are thinking um, Salawa. Salawa, yeah. Yeah, maybe you are thinking Salawa, but no, 
give me give me i love maura and okay like i said he's an apala artist and apala is a, is a flavor of like you know song or like a genre of music that like it was it was big for the abel kuta people mm. and um um he was he was a prominent artist and um i think most of his his prime was probably like between 60s and 70s i think most of his hit records came out around the 70s he died in 1980 Oh, um yeah, so yeah, yeah that one is like yeah, yeah. so like it, it's old school trust me yeah that, um that, that even one, even my my dad my dad is like you got me there i know you, you, you might be uh, the first guest to actually yeah to have put me yeah in, yeah to, to have put it's, it's not a very common uh thing especially not with like you know the the younger crowd but that's something that i i genuinely truly enjoy like his music is is to me it's it's very i like truck talking drum Mm. So yeah, a lot of music I, I, that have I, I talking bet a lot drums. of talking drummers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that those would be my three. If I had to just do some honorary, you know, people that mm -hmm. I think can keep me going for an hour. Um I would say give me whew, this one is tough. Give me somebody like I would say Davido. Davido, Davido can keep me dancing for hours. Ah, you put two, you put the two people clashing in the same list, man. This, I know, right? Guy, I know, right? This guy. Uh, or or come, give me. They will come. They will come for you. I'll just direct them. Go to him. Yes, uh, <laughs> or give me one of these, you know, new artists. Where, where are the women now? Huh? There's not not one woman here. Let me let me call, let me call because, the because the the Nigerian music uh, uh, you know scene is dominated <laughs> by the male. It's dominated by the male. It's, but, it's um, very... I, I love Salawa Beni though. Yeah, I, 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 I should definitely I should take her too because okay. she's my mom's favorite artist. And growing up, those were my some of my favorite and you know memories as well. Was you know just my, my mom actually me. had her VHS. Yeah, yeah. So, or yeah. oh. You know another real there's too many man let's let's just okay. move on let's, let's wrap up let's go because evil fella is a good one yeah i was surprised the fella didn't come about like hey okay well fella yeah. is a good one too fella, the, fella, the, fella. for me is the greatest but uh you know that's uh, yeah. you, you've you've yeah. you, your official is already there so too late now yeah yeah it's too late it's too late let's <laughs> let's let's wrap it up let's go all right so there's no way we can let you go without food being mentioned okay so favorite cuisine what is it and where is it from uh my favorite cuisine would be pounded yam with a goosey in your with yes. a goosey it's mine yes, sir uh, uh, that, that's but right. a soup. that's that's kind of uh the come that's come on that i thought there was something yeah yeah wait yeah, so yeah. i go see with what is it mixed meat or goat meat yeah or, so mix or... mixed you know assorted, assorted meat assorted. Uh, uh -huh. with some yeah, with some that's... maybe maybe some uziza or like maybe some you know some vegetables sprinkled on there you know just to garnish it you know so that that would be it for me yeah that that's that's my introduction anybody <laughs> wants to eat nigerian food and i'm like uh you don't want to do rice right you want to do yeah. real okay start with the goosey yeah. Yes, yes. and a goosey soup. Start there. Yes. If yes. you are serious about washing your hands and eating, yeah, start there. You gotta start with a goosey soup. After that, you can grab it. <laughs> yes, so that that is the, yeah. the cuisine you want to go for. All um, right, my brother. Appreciate you and thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> final question. 
what would you like to leave the audience with? You know, freestyle, give us something. Could be from King Sonia Day, could be from one of your mantras. <laughs> hey, you <laughs> drop it, drop it. So it's all yours. Um, so I think what I want to leave people with is just being on, you know, what I do and everything. I think our mental health is an important part of our overall wellness and we need to do more and we need to to be more um we need to be more intentional about living a healthier um more um more beautiful life uh life is beautiful and i think with some of the limitations that we have in our in our in our, within us uh, we don't allow ourselves to really experience life to the way it's really meant to be experienced. Um, you know, let's live, live life. Don't, you know, don't just exist. Um, so, yeah. Let's live. Let's not yeah. exist. I love that. Yeah. Hey, I knew, I knew it was going to be great having you on the, on the podcast. <laughs> and, man, I can't look, I look forward to having you again. And yeah, your invite to New York is it's always there. Always there. So, Thank yeah. you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All this right. has been wonderful. Thank you for having me, man. Always, my brother. <laughs> so to everyone listening, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to come back next week for another episode. Tell your friends. Share it out there. Give us five stars on iTunes. And write a great review for us. All right? Keep the love coming in. And thank you for the privilege of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.